Hello and welcome to The Leaderverse with your hosts, Drew Lee, Lucas Sheradin, and me, Jesse Button. Social structures such as the rise of social media, for an example, have led to an increase in loneliness and decreased personal relationships in society in general. We talk about a lot in leadership the importance of finding a tribe or a peer group for leaders where we can express our struggles and seek solutions instead of bearing these burdens alone. But today, moreover, we stress the difference between authenticity and full disclosure when communicating with your teams and your peers. All of that today and more on The Leaderverse. I don't think it's inclusive just to be leadership lonely. It's... You know, there are some studies that are happening that talk about, you know, we're at the loneliest society we've ever been as community, you know, that the rise of social media, the rise of anxiety, the rise of depression, the rise that all of these are are consistent with the fact of fewer and fewer intimate relationships, fewer and fewer personal relationships. And in the business world, that's just, that's just another part of it is, you know, singer songwriter rapper and 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 one of my faves you know the man himself pitbull said that, you know show me your friends i'll show you your future well who is in your peer group your work group who who are your people and if you don't have people then then that's often the the sign or the or the impact is is lonely we call it leadership lonely because we usually think about the leader and of course this is a leader verse community but it's it could be the leader it could be arguably every person in an organization could feel some measure of lonely what does lonely mean it doesn't mean a lack of people lonely means a lack of being understood people don't understand me where i'm coming from and I think that's a bigger, bigger component of it is when you're in the leadership world, you feel like you're misunderstood or nobody understands the role that you're in. It's just magnified when you're responsible for a lot of other lives or a lot of other people. But everyone in the organization feel the same way if they don't under feel understood. What has to happen for you to feel understood? What has to happen for you to feel like you have a community or people that you can connect with? where you understand one another, the wins, the losses, the challenges along the way. I think that there are some, you know, Drew, you brought the subject up about leadership lonely. I think there are, though, some definite nuances to leadership loneliness just versus loneliness, which those are two very vast conversations, you know, the whole conversation of loneliness. But there is leadership loneliness. There is, I'm the biggest fish in the pond. Where do I go to find people that are with me? There is the idea. I, I still remember being an agent in a brokerage, like, gosh, that team leader's job, that, that that's easy. And, I, and it's just like, after I became one, I was like, I had no idea. And honestly, because the team leader was doing her job and didn't reveal all the complexities of her job to me as a person who was following her. So there's like leaders have to make decisions that nobody else knows about. And that's lonely. De leaders have to take bullets when everybody else is being paid. And so I, I think it's like, number one, I think that the people who are telling you have an answer right in front of you. The fact that they told you that they have a coach, they have somebody that's in the trench with them on some levels that I, th sure. I think that the plan has to be fine. In my mind is I, I, one of my mentors used to tell me party outside your zip code. You know, you, you can live your life 
live really big, just do it outside your zip code. And uh, we, we laugh about it because it's kind of funny. But the point is sometimes a leader, when they're at the top of their organization, has to go outside their zip code to find people who look at them as peers, not as the leader, because there are certain days that I can't reveal how terrible I feel to my organization. I've got to find somebody that is a safe person that like, if I told people that worked for me, like, I think this thing's going to collapse. I feel like we're going to fail. We're going to go bankrupt. The sky's falling. It's awful. And it's just an emotional feeling that I have right now. I'm not being a leader Mm -hmm. in that moment. I'm being a buddy. And so I have to find somebody outside my zip code that I could talk to. And I have to find a tribe that that also can empathize and feel the same way and say, yeah, that's interesting. Cause you know, I've had the same thought. What are we going to do about it? What's our plan? How are you dealing with it? How am I dealing with it? So, so you have somebody that at the end of the day, they understand you, you understand them. Mm-hmm. And as well, you that's grow, why like, even this week, I called Drew. I think there's like a huge delay on all of our recordings. And so, but I, I that's why I called Drew the other day is just like, I needed a safe person to run an idea by that wouldn't judge me, that would understand and wouldn't let me be alone in a decision that I need to make. And, and Drew is the perfect person to do that. I, this is just my personal feeling for the last three years, I have been not, we could lead generate for talent and that's important. We could lead generate for money, but I think we also have leaders, especially have to lead generate for their tribe. They have to go out and say, who is my, who, who am I going to surround myself with tomorrow? Uh, actually this afternoon, I get on a plane. I fly, I spend money to fly. We're going to stay in a nice resort. I'm going to spend money to be, be in a nice resort. And I think the registration annually to be in a room with about a hundred other leaders is $20,000 ish or more. I will gladly pay money to be in a room with like-minded people where I'm just a buddy. I'm just a friend. I'm a peer and we're all not going to let each other get off of stuff, but it's a safe space for me to be in a, a group of other people who are aspiring. And I don't lead any of them. I, it's like, uh, they, they don't have to, uh, they, I lead none of them. And so I think lead, leaders have to lead generate for their tribe. Or pay to be in the room, right? Right. This is kind of a frustrating point right here because we're walking a line of inauthenticity, right? So our teams, the people that we do lead, part of our job as leaders is to set that tone, right? Not We're not lying. We're not creating a false environment, but like we're supposed to create the safe space for them, right? And as leaders, we need to go find, you're saying- our own that we did not create or we're not leading. Makes a lot of sense. But it's hard though. I mean, that right there is so frustratingly difficult because if I actually do feel like the sky is falling and I don't have answers yet, and now I have to walk in the building and be like, the sky's not falling. I have all the answers. Like I, that is a very, very difficult thing to line to walk as a leader. That's a great point, Jesse. You know, as you yeah. say this, it's like, all right, you know, we're trudging through the jungle and the leaders in front with the machete and and everyone behind them has to have this confidence of all right let's go follow him follow lucas he knows the way and lucas do you know where we're going absolutely <laughs> but he says to himself not. absolutely <laughs> not. not i have no clue i have no idea i this you know what? I don't know if the next time I hit this machete and it is we're going off a cliff and all he can do is turn around and say, you know where we're going? Yes, we are. What's authenticity? Authenticity. We're going this way. What's that mean? Yep. 
And the whole time you got that, that going this dialogue way. that says, I don't know where the hell I'm going. Oh my God. I, I, I why are we even in the jungle? How did we get here? So who are those people that you can you can find in your tribe that says, oh, you're leading your group of people through the jungle too? Do you know where you're going? Nope, I don't have a clue. Yeah, me neither. Who can you be authentic with? Because there's, there is a fine line. I love that you said that because there is a fine line that says, all right, at what point in time do my problems of the leader, do I allow them to become my subordinates' problems? And there's a reason you're doing the job that you're doing. It's supposed to be the hardest job there is. The leader is supposed to have the most difficult job in the whole organization. Arguably, you're doing the job that only you can do. You can share a lot of responsibilities, but at, at the end of the day, you're the one that's left to make the life and the death of the decision and, and the business life and death may depend upon it. What's your call? I don't know. What do you think we should do? You can't do that with the people that are relying on you to lead them through these uncharted waters or, or, or navigate through economic times, challenging times, ups and downs, that there's an expectation. I don't know about you. I get on a plane. I have an expectation of what that pilot is going to do. And I have an expectation of the outcome. And I don't give a damn what problems that pilot is going through. But can you imagine that pilot gets on the the MC of the squawk box and says, ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I don't know where we're going. I don't know why this plane is even in the air at this moment. Every instrument, every dial, everything is going off. They're all blinking red. I got sirens up here. Holy shit. I don't know what to do. Would somebody in the back cabin put down their vodka and come up here and give me their suggestion of what they think I should do at this moment in time? Yeah. Can you imagine? Well, I, I think, Jesse, there's a distinction that has to be made here. There is a amazing difference between authenticity and a, a leader being authentic and a leader being fully disclosive. Like, I don't disclose everything. That's not inauthentic. I don't, I'm being very authentic with you two, and yet I'm not disclosing everything going on in my life with you two. That there are... There are right relationships that have the right conversations, and leaders have to understand, in my mind, leaders have to understand you could be 100% completely, totally authentic, and you're not disclosing everything because, it, like the Jews illustration, that would not help the 100 and some people in the airplane to hear that the pilot was processing a problem. That's not helpful, and his job is to be helpful to the people in the back, yes. right? He yeah, your totally role authentic, as a leader he is... doesn't have to be – he doesn't have – to be totally disclosive and i think that that's where like yeah. new leaders who want to be authentic really struggle they think they have to say everything and if you're saying everything you're making it about you because you're processing your stuff you're not leading your people and you're not making it about them because you're not your disclosure is not helping them my authentic leadership is to help the people that are in my company not disclose everything i'm processing i'll call drew as a coach say i need to disclose this to you i need your help with this but that's because that's the right relationship to do it with. And there are avenues as a leader, I'm sorry to say, and I'm happy to say, is there are certain things and responsibilities as a leader where it's your burden to bear. 
you said yes to the role, to the business. You grew it. You launched it. You started it. You accepted a position. However, you got into the role you are, you took that burden and that responsibility on that says, and I will, I, I, I will get this plane where it needs to go and we will land safely. And I love, I love what you said, because it's such a great point of, it doesn't mean including everybody into the conversations that they don't need to know about, or, or they can't necessarily improve the situation. It's not their burden to bear. Hey, I don't know how we're going to make payroll this month. That is not your people's yeah. responsibility to, to, to bear that burden or even share the weight. They need to think and know at the end of the month or on their next pay period, they're getting the check that they are due for the work that they've done. And you've got to figure it out of how am I going to make payroll this month? I don't give a damn. Sell your sports memorabilia, put yourself, do whatever you have to do, but that's your burden to bear. And it is incredibly lonely. So who is your tribe that's going through something similar, has been through something similar that you trust and you see as a peer that you can share and say, look, have you ever had a challenge making payroll, Lucas? You know, what do you mind sharing what you did? Right. I'm struggling with this right now. I don't know where I don't know how I'm going to make ends meet at the end of this month. What what did you do? Yeah, everybody memorize that question. Have you ever had a challenge? It makes it so much easier. The saying I'm struggling is it's easy on paper, right? And then it comes time to reach out to the other powerful, successful person that maybe you're not feeling like right now in this moment because you can't make payroll. But yeah, that's a great question. Have you ever had a challenge? I need some advice. Yeah, because everybody on social media and Facebook, they're all crushing it. They're all killing it. They're all winning. They've got private jets. They drive around in a Rolls Royce. They got money coming out of their pockets. They are in an amazing relationship. They do a four-minute mile. They can do yoga poses from like here to no no end. I mean, like everybody is is amazing. But you know what? What they're showing is you the highlight reel of where they're amazing in one area, they're probably struggling in another one. So we, you know, generally you can all help each other when you have a peer in a community. Like I know if, if I want to know like how to improve my yoga, I got a friend who is incredible and does body positions that like would boggle the mind, but I'm sure she, that person struggles in an area that maybe I'm doing well in and vice versa. Who is that community that said, you know what, you're, you have a better relationship than I do. You're going to be my peer partner in that. Because there, you have value to offer. My board of directors should just simply be people who are doing exceptionally well in one area where we can be peer-to-peer -peer or we can have a mentorship-mentee relationship. I was thinking about like the right conversations with the right people, and I'm thinking about that as you all have been talking. I'm reading a, a book by a psychotherapist called The Science of Stuck. The science of being stuck, and it, it, it's got it's got some really interesting things. There's some other stuff I'm not sure about, but it, however, what I love love about what she writes about is like parent kids that grow up highly dysfunctional. Generally, some of them had parents having conversations with them that were completely inappropriate for a parent to have with a child. The parent was processing stuff, but they thought they were being authentic with their kids. No, they weren't. They were damaging their kids. They, they, they were uh, you know, following a playbook to raise dysfunctional kids. And I think sometimes as leaders, we, I, I know it's just it's inappropriate for me to have certain conversations with the people. It's not because I'm inauthentic. It's simply because 
my conversations with the people in my organization are supposed to be for their benefit, not for mine. And I need to have, I need to have a Drew Lee in my life. I need to, we, we were talking, Drew and I were talking this week about a leader that, that we, we both know that, boy, the, the image is they always have the answer. They always know the right thing. And they, all their marketing is about themselves. And it's very much one per one person, one leaders. I don't know how to say this, their image, their persona. And I get that. That feels inauthentic. But I also don't expect that leader to bump into a problem and go to her key people and say, you know, I don't know how to fix this, especially when it involves those key people. And I love what Drew said earlier, too. Sometimes a leader has to say, okay, we have a problem, and now I'm going to my subordinates. You all, it's your job to figure this problem out. Like, that that's perfectly that's that's actually acceptable and what should be happening. But if I'm having an internal struggle, if I'm depressed, if I'm I can't make a decision, if I'm indecisive, man, I need to find the people that are outside my organization that I can be very disclosive to while being yes. authentic to everybody. It changes the relationship. Like if you if we follow the concept of the conversation is the relationship itself, well, then what are you doing to one of your subordinates? You're making them your not subordinate anymore, your therapist, your pal. Like if you change that conversation or invite them into conversations, they don't belong and you're changing your relationship without really meaning to. The book you're talking, the author you're talking about, The Science of Stuck, Breaking Through Inertia to Find Your Path Forward is Brit Frank. And so I, I think of the topic of leadership lonely. I think that Drew, I think it would be really smart for leaders to say, okay, what is my plan? So I'm not leadership lonely. Where do I find my tribe? Where do I find my uh, compadres? Where do I find my peers? I remember taking a top agent in the Kansas City area to a national event. And they had never been to a national event. And they're like, oh my gosh, this conversation is so amazing. We don't have this where we live. I'm like, yeah, because we are in a very small subset of a small subset of an entire industry. Yeah. You have to get outside your zip code. You have to get around big thinkers. You have to get around people who aspire to live, you know, bigger than you you do. If that's if that's the vision, and, and I have to have coaches and mentors and people, and I have to be intentional to find them. I have to be intentional that I'm going to budget money, time, and energy for them. Right, buddies aren't. I, I Drew, you can chime in on this. I. When it comes to achievement, I don't need more buddies because buddies let me off the hook when I underperform. I need a coach who can help me navigate the mindset of failure and mindset of how do I get my power back and how do I start moving forward? I don't need a buddy to say, hey, let's go meet at the bar for a drink. You, you'll get them next time, Tiger. I need a coach to say, okay, what did you do? What decisions did you make? That helps me not be lonely, by the way. When I have somebody that I know fully is going to help me get my power back, gosh, that's helpful. But you, you mentioned Susan Scott, Drew, uh, Jesse, and I, I want to add to what Susan Scott brilliantly said that the conversation is the relationship. It's also the nature of the conversation dictates the nature of the relationship. And so I talked to my dog one way. I would never talk to Drew. Well, kind of maybe Drew, but I never talked to Jesse that way. It's like, because the relationship with my dog, Bruce, is one thing. I talk to him a specific way because that's the nature of the relationship. The nature of my wife, I talk to my wife differently than I talk to anybody else. The nature of the conversation dictates the nature of the relationship. When I'm the leader, the nature of the conversation is the nature of the relationship. When I'm with a follower, the nature of the conversation is... So we have to be careful that the right conversation are happening with the right people. That's a good Drew. That's a good boy. <laughs> I felt my tail wagging. 
That's really there's funny. such there's such an element of that where you've got to seek out your tribe. Who are your people? Where are they excelling? You know, even in the in the the buddy conversation, you you have you, as I was pondering what you were saying, it, it had me think. You know, I agree with that. What I what I found personally is is the the buddy system of people that let you off the hook. They're usually at or below your level of performance. I don't find that to be the case. When somebody is crushing it, they're not as quick to let you off. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. So are you surrounding yourself with people that, you know, they are succeeding at the game of life and health and fitness in relationships in w- whatever it is that they're doing where there's a reciprocation in that relationship, but, but truly neither one of you are going to let each other off the hook because you have a higher expectation. Yeah, and, don't and, me down. I'm up here rocking and rolling. I want other people with yes. me like that. So yeah, I'll encourage you, but only for so long. Don't drag me down. Exactly. Because that person will also well, move on. I, I heard Brian Gubernick say this, Drew. It's interesting about this this conversation because Brian just said this and it was like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. Brian was talking about how you know we aspire to be in a tribe of the big thinkers and the big things and try to stay away from the people who pull us down. But here's the catch. The people who are big thinkers are trying to keep people out of their circle that are going to pull them down. So while I'm chasing them, they're running from me. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like I I have to understand that I need to up my game to earn the right to be in the bigger thinker rooms. I have to up my leadership lid. I have to up my financial thermostat. I have to up my lifestyle because at the same time, I'm running from the people who are pulling me away from my dreams. They're running away from people like me. Well, so we've hosted masterminds. Well, I love that because we've hosted masterminds for years and, and they're, they're masterminds based on what you've achieved in your business, where you are, your accolades, literally it's what you've accomplished, you know, and it could be by the quarter, by the year. Hey, what'd you do in the last year? What'd your business do? What was your, what was your sales volume or production or your product or your service? And, and how did you rank in equivalent to other people that are in a similar industry? And then you put them together and say, okay, Hey, the top people are over here, the next level, the next level, next level. And inevitably, every time we would host one of these, you know, CEO mastermind conversations, somebody at a lower level was like, well, how do I get in the next room? You earn it. What's, what's, what's the conversation like in the next room? But to your point, the people in that next room, they want to be in the, in, in the higher room up. Yep. What are the conversations that they're having? And some of us cheated, Drew. We just snuck into the higher room up room and just hit our name tag that had a soccer ball, football, tennis ball, whatever. Just kind of hit that, like just kind of stuck by the door guards so that we could be in better rooms. But I'm not going to say like, I did that or anything, but some of us might've done that. It's like the opposite <laughs> of imposter syndrome. It's like delusional yeah. syndrome. It's good. It's a good thing. Did you just, you just call me delusional, Jesse? Is that what uh-huh. you just said? Uh-huh. Delusional okay. is a awesome. high compliment. Delusional, delusional. syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What you find is in that different room, you're just solving a different level of problem. I think I think we have this deep seated idea that if we can get into the highest room, we're going to find the room with no problems. But all you see is actually the small problem magnified times a hundred or times a thousand. I told I told my, my I told my real estate team, and you're like this. I told them one time I said, you know what, honestly, guys, it, the easiest it's ever going to be for 
you in real estate is right now. And they all like look dismayed. Like we were told it was going to get easier as we go. I said, no, it's because right now you're trying to solve a lead problem. Just how, how do I find transactions? Yeah. And at some point that problem will get easier. But then when you fix that problem, you're going to want to add leverage and then you're going to have people working for you. Now you have to hire a management and a leadership problem. And guess what? When you fix that problem, you're going to have to figure out a PL problem. It's like the problems just get more intense. And they all looked at me like, just, just like a, you know, they had no idea, but you're exactly right. It's like right now, I think that my lead problem is the biggest problem on the planet. But when I fix that, the problem here, here's what I've always said, and I used to be a Baptist pastor. That's why Drew's the designated cusser on this podcast, and I'm not. But it's the devil at the the devil at the next level is always harder than the devil at the level you're at. And the devil at this level just simply gives you strength and you're building the endurance to be able to beat the devil at the next level. But you got to beat the devil at your current level before you advance to the next devil. Yeah, my friend Adelina Rotar, great lady, big business, awesome in a leadership role. And she said, you know, level up, devil up. Every level is going to have a new right. devil that you're going to have to deal with. Well, I thought it'd be good to read this and, and wrap up with this. This is, this is from, when we talk about problems, we talk about leadership lonely and here's some solutions to deal with all. This is from originally Tony Robbins. He said the truth about problems. And if you think about you're in a leadership role and you think I'm lonely, no one understands me. Where can I go? then as Lucas has pointed out, we need to lead generate and go find our tribe. But the truth about problems, number one, your problem is you think your problem is the problem. The real problem is that you think you're not supposed to have problems. Problems are gifts. Problems stimulate us to grow and give. Number four, the real problem is you haven't found or embracing an empowering meaning. Number five, if you don't master your perception of things, you cannot master life. Number six, we think we can get rid of problems, but we can't. We can just get better quality problems. <laughs> and number seven, problems and happiness have no relationship. Ooh. Leadership yeah. and lonely, I would agree, I would say, they also have no relationship other than the meaning we create or the one we're creating. 